you are in charge of the power play, correct? <laughs> I'm in charge of one of the one of the units. Me and Tyler work together. Yep. Is that the one that okay, has a goal so... in in 2023, or the one that doesn't? <laughs> I won't say. <laughs> <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Uh, welcome to episode 19 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey everyone, Rob Gilreath. Hey guys, and Matt Cavender. Hey guys, some of us live in Michigan, like these casuals. Uh, well, it's not being <laughs> recorded there. I'm not in Michigan or Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so this week we reached out to the Michigan Tech staff, uh, and we got a hold of Jordy Murray, the new assistant at Michigan Tech, and decided to get him on the podcast so we can talk about uh, his experience as a new assistant and maybe some recruiting stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us, Jordy. You bet. Thanks for having me, guys. And maybe we can uh, relive some fun moments at the at the college club from back in the day. I think we've run into you a few <laughs> times there. Yeah, I do remember remember meeting you there, Tim. And uh, <laughs> yeah, some good times in that in that bar for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about the Northern Series, probably some CCHA stuff, a little bit about the Joe Sean Hour. Did you guys get a list chance to listen today? I did actually. Yeah, I annoyed my wife while I was cooking dinner. Okay. She really likes it when I don't listen with headphones on and just have it on the speakers in the rest of the house. And then the series <laughs> in Bemidji coming up. Uh, Dustin and I will both be there. So that'll be fun to uh, get to watch the boys live and in person again. Uh, anything else, guys? We're good? No, that sounds good. All right. Let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor. Um, we'll be back with Jordy Murray. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's get right into things. Uh, Jordy, you're off recruiting for the week, I guess, with, with Bemidji kind of, uh, I guess, kind of sort of halfway to where you're going. Um, you guys just decided to send you off to uh manitoba to do some recruiting this week huh uh yep 
on my way to Winnipeg right now. There's the so the Saskatchewan Junior League and the Manitoba Junior League have a an All Star Showcase and it's in Winnipeg uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. We weren't planning on going. Uh, there's a few young kids that we've been talking to from these leagues. And then uh, we've heard kind of rumors that some other coaches from other teams are going. And so we, uh, we, we decided uh, Saturday driving back from, uh, from Marquette that it'd be good if we had one coach represent us and uh, hopefully close a deal on at least one of these kids. So, um, so I'll be heading there and then I'll be joining the team. It's only four hours from Bemidji. So we joined the team Thursday night in Bemidji. Cool. So did you get to draw the low, the lowest matchstick there, or is it the, the youngest coach of the team gets to go? <laughs> uh, I think probably youngest coach. No, I think it's just <laughs> uh, Ty- Tyler's. Tyler's been talking to a lot of these kids, and and uh, they he's already gone out and seen them play. Um, so he's already been in Saskatchewan once this year, and now it's it's my turn. And and also as the young coach, like I need to be on the road traveling. I mean. Half more than half of recruiting is, is just networking. So it's great for me to get out and at these showcases, especially you meet lots of junior coaches, lots of advisors. Um, so I'm definitely happy to be on the road and uh, you know, it, it should be a good two days for me just networking wise. And then hopefully uh, building strong relationships with these, these kids. And you say it's close to mid four hours. I mean, that's, that's a Midwestern uh, time. <laughs> number right there too where we just don't complain we suck it up and get in the car forever <laughs> yeah real close yeah <laughs> yeah well, that's, that's why good. It hopefully, always... hopefully there's some good news that comes out of it yep hope so yeah it always kind of cracks me when people talk about trains not being feasible in america because people would just fly they've clearly never met anybody from the midwest saying oh it's just four <laughs> hours to winnipeg that's not a big deal at all <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> tim you're muted can't hear you, bud. Yeah, how uh, how far was our drive to Grand Rapids, Rob? Six? Uh, six or so for July. Yeah, that's too bad. There's yeah. that big damn lake in the way. If yeah. that wasn't there, we wouldn't have be been really that long. Yeah, you'd be able to just shoot right on over. Heck, we could probably <laughs> you could probably go Twin Cities to Grand Rapids in six hours if it wasn't for that damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> uh, well, do we want to jump? Uh, Want to jump right into questions with Jordy from the Discord so we can make sure we get through them, or do I just talk? Uh, yeah, you can do that. Why don't you? Little... Why don't you get started on that? Uh, the first one I'll ask, but uh, I don't know how much you can honestly say. But uh, Robert Mackey wanted to know, in regards to recruiting, what role do the name, image, likeness issues play in recruiting for tech? Uh, do recruits or advisors inquire about possible? uh opportunities for players does tech offer any help and and i kind of know the answer to the last one because i learned it last week myself it's basically that uh michigan tech is not allowed to organize deals for players right. it's got to come external it's not your it's basically cheating for you to find them for them right yeah that that's correct we can educate them but we can't find the deals for them uh it hasn't really hit that NLI hasn't really hit uh, hockey yet. I think it will. I think tech is a perfect school for it to hit with, just with the local businesses and how you know if, you know big the the hockey team is in in the community. Um, but we haven't heard anything. I think maybe some of our guys have little deals that they're running on Instagram or whatever. But um, there's no real use for it with recruiting for us. Like we we haven't used it as a selling point. Um, would be great soon if we could figure that out. 
Um, but also, yeah, I, I'm not fully sure on how we can how involved we can be on it. Um, so I'd say right now, no, we're not using it. Yeah. Why don't you go into the Discord ones, Rob? I gotta go. Yeah. Some Kleenex or something. Sure. Yeah. No worries, Tim. Um, one of the other guys on Discord uh, asked, uh, "How has your expectation of the the job in general changed, or have they at all changed since you since you got to Houghton?" Uh, that's a good question. I I don't think my expectations have changed a ton. I knew uh, of Coach. I actually didn't meet him until the interview process. Um, but his mentor was, um, you know, who I had at Notre Dame, Coach Jackson. Yep. And kind of had a good idea on uh, who he was as a guy. And my dad knows him pretty well. And um, I would say him – you know, after losing as many guys as we did last year, I guess the expectations of the team have, have been surpassed, and I think everyone would say that. Um, but the role itself, you know, I, I fully expected to be on the road quite a bit. Uh, you know, I was hoping to be, you know, doing all the player development stuff that me and Tyler are doing and working with the forwards. And so um, other than that, you know, I'm doing a lot more face-off stuff. Um, and then, you know, little you know working with the power play and stuff but um things those are the little things we didn't talk about in the interview but um was kind of hoping those would be put put on my plate so i'd say it hasn't changed a ton but the team and how we're playing and the way we set ourselves up for this final stretch has probably exceeded expectations oh yeah for sure we've all been pleasantly surprised with this year after what we we thought going into the year right with you and Tyler both being relatively, you know, new assistant coaches, Tyler's been there as the, you know, for a bit longer than you have, obviously. But uh, it's it's been a turnover in the staff under Joe. Is it give you guys kind of a fresh start to to build who's got what, you know, roles to help Joe out? A little bit. So I, I would say at the start of the year, even um, we were on the road, even more than 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 we are, you know, since Christmas, uh, um, the second half, and and so Coach wanted us splitting up almost every every task like I'd work with the D uh you know I'd run the bench if, if Tyler was gone with the D um I'd be doing in our four D splits I'd be running stuff with the D when Tyler was gone and it's kind of just naturally progressed where now especially now that we're both around a lot more that I'm taking the forwards and Tyler's taking the D and I'm running the forwards on the bench Tyler's running the D on the bench and um so I think yeah, that's probably changed a little bit since the start of the year, but um, I think coaches' expectations of having two young coaches that are hungry and, you know, we want to be on the road recruiting. Um, neither of us have families. I think that's a plus in college <laughs> hockey. Um, yeah, I could see that. So, so uh, he knew we'd be on the road a ton, and then the second half, now, especially now that we're going on a run and, and feeling good, he wants us around more. Um now we're kind of setting our, our I guess, our, our roles. So, um, Sam guy's got a he's got a flurry of questions. He's got four of them. I'm going to skip the second one. <laughs> but, uh, uh, how's your relationship with the team? Are there any like unrecognized leaders that don't kind of get, you know, get the the media player we hear about, or anything you can share on, on that side of things? You know, some like the inside stuff that doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, you don't see as much, but you know, the guys that make a big difference behind the scenes. I think kind of the, the way we play and the way we're successful in a games and coaches talked about all the time, we, you know, we're a team by committee. Like everyone is, if, if we're going to win a game, it's, it's not one line usually who's, 
who's going to, you know, pick up the slack and take over. It's everyone. And I'd honestly say in the locker room, it's the same. Like, I, I don't see, you know, we obviously have good captains and good seniors, but I don't see one guy just being the vocal leader or being the emotional spirit of the team. It's, it's kind of by committee. Like everyone has their role and I think it, you know, has bought into it and is pulling the same way. And um, I think the biggest thing with our team is they, how close they are. I think they, they love being our, you know, they love coming to the rink, you know, for practice and skills and all this stuff. But I think the, their favorite part about being at the rink is just being around each other. And I know they hang out after like too. It's just one of the closest teams I've been around. And, you know, it, as everyone says, you know, the closer the team, the harder they're going to play for each other. And I think it, it shows. So. Yeah. I don't normally have that one focal point. Like you said, and Joe mentioned that on the show today, even he, he kind of said the same thing when Dirk, Dirk asked him about, or somebody asked a question about a top line or someone not being in a top line. And Joe kind of rebuffed that pretty harshly and said, no, no, there's, we don't, we don't have that. We have, we have four good lines. There's no top, no yep. bottom. Right. So that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Jay-Z, who's one of our staff writers, uh, has got a technical question about you're, you're the guy on the bench that has an earpiece in his ear. Uh, was it your idea to start it? Where'd that come from? Did you have to convince Joe that technology was a good thing? You know? <laughs> I, I wore it last year when I was with Notre Dame because the other coaches didn't, <laughs> didn't want to wear it. Um, I think you, I think you need to have someone on the bench communicating with Max, our, our hockey ops for challenges for you know if we see something he can review it if we want him to tag something in the moment that we want to see after the period we can tell him um and i you know he can tell us what he's seeing as well um so i think you need someone on the bench that that has an earpiece i did it last year i was comfortable with it um the only thing is i have like tiny ears and max's earpiece so i don't know if you see like if you ever see me on the bench I'm constantly putting it back in because we got to get a I, Max has to put in an order for us next year to get a smaller ones to fit my ear. <laughs> it's constantly falling out. Um, uh, so, that's good stuff. Uh, but, Tim no, and I, I, think it's, I think it's important for sure. Tim and I out in Denver kind of stood above the the guys that were were doing this, the uh, the stats and watching them do their thing uh, for a couple of the periods on the end in Loveland there, and it's it's impressive how quickly and how well those guys are marking the game live. Um, I, I did, I did shot charts a couple of times when I was in college 20 years ago, and it's a little bit of a different experience than just someone up there with a pencil putting dots on paper. Right. No, it's uh it's incredible. The, the technology and, and what Max does during a game, he live takes a game. So if we come in between periods, we can watch scoring chances from that period or face-offs from that period or all of our breakout, like we can watch specific things and then really helps with pre-scouting an opponent really helps with game review. Like you can just watch, you know, all 40 of our breakouts back to back to back to back. And, and you kind of see trends and things that, you know, they did differently that we didn't see in the pre-scout, um, especially when you see them like one after you, after the other. Um, so what he does during a game is incredible. And then we have our, you know, our other student manager tracking ice time, which is super helpful. And, and then we get the, face-off percentages and everything, know who's having a hot night and what side and all that stuff. So that, that stuff is super, super important. Uh, another question uh, from JB is that uh, if the pairwise stays like it is, which we know it won't, there will be changes, right? Um, 
Is there a particular region or draw you guys would uh, like to see if we get that to get to that point? I think I I was reading uh, McMahon's newsletter today. I don't know where he had us going. I don't think it to me it doesn't matter. I think the players doesn't matter. Uh, I think the matchup was like St. Cloud or the other one was maybe Penn State. And I actually love both of those matchups. Um, obviously, it's going to change and that'll never happen. But um doesn't matter where we go. I I, I mean, we got to finish like too early to talk about that stuff, I'd say. But yep, for fun, sure. fun to think yeah. about it, too early to talk about it. But. Yeah, we've got a got a, a fun a fun three weeks ahead of us here. Well, four weeks, but three, <laughs> yeah. three weeks of games, right? So yep. yeah, it's a it's a it's a rough finish off for the season in terms of opponents. We don't have any of the softer games <laughs> that are left, right? We've had those already. So uh, last question from the the viewers before we just kind of get into questions that the rest of us will have is, uh, how are you liking the Copper Country? What's your what's your favorite thing to do since you've uh, got to Houghton? I, I've loved it. So I. Uh... I'm not really a big city person. I mean, I, I lived in Faribault, went to Shattuck. Like, big cities don't – it's not for me. So, coming to Houghton, you know, didn't the, – the city size and, you know, not, didn't affect me at all. Like, we didn't didn't even weigh in my decision. Um, but when I came up here for the first time in the summer, because obviously with Wisconsin we came in the winter, and um, I was blown away how nice it is in the summer. Um, like, I, we – me and my fiance, we go up north in Minnesota, just past Duluth every, every year for, you know, one to two weeks. Like, we just love it up there. It's the exact same feel uh, or similar feel. I shouldn't say exact, but similar feel. And it, it's the people are incredible. Um, so I'm really excited for this summer. Uh, I live in Chassel. I'm not far from the golf course. So I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm not a not great golfer, but I'm going to work on my game this summer quite a bit. So excited for that. But um yeah, I, and there there are lots of things to do, and there's good restaurants, and like it's it's small city feel, but there's there's also like the 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 attractions that you know I would want at least. Um, so I'm very excited to be living in Houghton or living in Chassel near Houghton, I should say. There's nothing wrong with you know being on the lake almost every day in the summer after golfing <laughs> no or kidding. whatever, right? That, that's a, that's yeah. not a bad way to yeah. spend your summers. <laughs> I remember yeah. back in the day when I looked at Mel's contract and his contract at Tech, he had uh, free golfing at the course there and it, like built into his contract. Do you have anything uh, similar built into yours? Yeah, it's just it maybe because of him, <laughs> but it's in the contract. I'm serious. It's, it's in there. And for I me, love that. There a, you go. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a golfer, but my, my fiance golfs in college and like she's really trying to get me into it. So she's she's like, take that job. Like as soon as she she's like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how much they're paying you like if you get a golf membership you take it so uh, we're i love excited. that i love that i'm not great at golfing but uh i i sure do love uh walking around in the summertime and crushing a few beers with the guys so i make it work <laughs> right. Yeah. well that's all the question we have from the, the viewer side I, well, I guess i'll start the question off from 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 us on the show is how did you end up up here what was the process you know kind of finding tech from your side if you will yeah, so I uh, I actually accepted a job uh, um, like two days before I, I heard about uh, this opening, uh, and it was with the, the Sioux Falls Power. They have a U18 team, and then I was gonna work uh, with Garrett on um, on getting his program going, and I was gonna be their volunteer next this this year, 
And when they were able to hire that second assistant, the plan was, you know, I, you know, I'd be that, that person. Um, so, and then I was also before that I interviewed at Wisconsin and was one of the finalists. So I, I, I just wanted to find something for next year and didn't want to wait. So I ended up taking that power job and was going to help out Augustana and, uh, and then two days later, Coach Jackson called me and told me that, uh, you know, Tech was going to have an opening and I should call Coach Sean and, you know, you know, see what it was about. And um, and then I called Coach and told him, you know, thanks. I, I already accepted something. Um, I didn't sign the contract or anything, but like, you know, I told him, gave him my word and everything. And he, he's, he was like, I, get, I, I got it. Like, thanks for the call. Um, too bad it didn't work out. And then, uh, and he really liked that I, you know, wasn't trying to get out of this other job and everything. And then, uh, and then I slept on it. He called me a couple of days later and asked me if there's any updates and, uh, <laughs> so I slept on it another night and, and then end up talking to this team in, in Sioux Falls and they were, they were really good about it. Um, and it was so early that, you know, nothing was signed and they didn't, you know, they didn't, you know, tell the team or I didn't have anything with the, to deal with the the team yet. So, um, so it just worked out. I, I would say that Coach Jackson was the reason. Um, and I know enough about Tech playing here, you know, playing against coming with Notre Dame last year, but also the old WCHA. Uh, I'm a big hockey history buff. Like I know the <laughs> the history and of Houghton and in, in hockey and professional hockey, but in hockey in general. And, um, you know, I was never really, I never really spent any time in this area, but, um, everyone I talked to said an unbelievable area. Um, you know, the community supports the team really, you know, every game sold out like best fans in the country. Um, and it was, you know, after talk, having a, after having a deeper conversation with coach Sean, I, I, I wanted the job right away. Um, so, I'm really, really happy and fortunate it worked out the way it did. And if it was a couple of weeks later, it, it wouldn't have. So good timing. Well, I love hearing that not only do recruits want to come, but, you know, assistant coaches want to come too. That's not a bad thing to hear about your program. Yep. And for me, my hometown area, right? I'm, I'm from there up there originally. So, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd be there if work was there. So I'm I'm jealous when if someone gets a job up there, they can work and do something and, and be back home. <laughs> right. Well, you, you were at, you know, you played down at Wisconsin, right? So like you said, you, you knew the area, you knew, you, you know, you had those expectations. What was it like traveling up as a player to Houghton and playing in Houghton and during the, the low times, if you will, for us? Is it, you know, a bit of a, a struggle weekend to, to actually get up to play a team that you know you're going to pretty much dominate <laughs> in those years? <laughs> they always played us hard. Like the games, they, and, and they didn't have, you know, the, the best teams. Well, honestly, their teams are probably really good if, if, if they were in a different league. The WCHA back then, like me and Tyler talk about it all the time, was insane. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was a really, really good, like every, from, from top to bottom, really good league. Um, and they just happened to not be in the top, you know, echelon of that league, but they were still a good team and they played hard every night. Uh, I only remember coming to Houghton once in my three years, um, it was, I think it was my junior year. So I don't know why we didn't come a first two years, but um, yeah, it was, it was a fun trip. I remember being really sick on the, in the trip um, and I didn't think I was going to play. And then coach used asked if I could 
play? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm not. If a coach asks you that, you're not going to say no. So probably shouldn't have. I was really bad, I remember. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I, I remember the crowd. I remember fans being at our practice. That's what, one thing I remember. It might have been you guys. But, uh, yeah, oh, I'd already, I I'd already graduated that. by then. I, I was a year behind <laughs> or a year ahead of you getting up there. <laughs> yeah, no, Dustin, was, Dustin would have been there for a year overlapping with you. I think when you, you graduated yeah. in 2008 or nine, right, Dustin? I graduated in 08. Yeah. I think we yeah. overlapped. Okay. So you got a tiny bit of overlap. I was out in 07 and Tim was out in 06 or 05, right, Tim? Yeah. Four oh five was my last and, year, I think. And, and Matt's way way younger than us. Yeah, yeah I graduated <laughs> in twenty eighteen. Yeah, one of the saddest things with the whole breakup of all that is just seeing some of the you know the old programs and how they've kind of fallen. I mean, you look at Notre, uh, you look at North Dakota this year struggling really hard, and <laughs> Wisconsin's been just. I'm in Wisconsin now. I'm in the Appleton area, and uh the the program for the badgers is just it's it's insane how much it's fallen since when you uh, when you were playing you know, hopefully it, yeah, it turns around here soon but it's crazy yeah it, it is too bad it's kind of you know as an alum it's tough um and there's no reason that, you know they got everything at that school and i'm not yeah. knocking on the staff or the coaches i'm not blaming anyone but um they should be a power every year for sure. So, and I, you know, I think they'll get back to it. Um, you know, well, you know, they, I say that every year, but I think <laughs> there's no reason they, they, they shouldn't. So, um, well, you, you know, we'll see. You go down there and the call center is not even selling the, the third bowl anymore. You can't buy tickets up in the third bowl and the crease creatures are like four rows deep only. You know, there's, there's more misfits than Chris crease creatures. And that's saying something at this point. Yeah. So. It's too bad that, we used to uh, we used to fill it. I, it, it oh, was, yeah. I've I've had that was, entire place uh, chant chant at me. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, we always used to say that there was there, there was honestly nothing more intimidating that I ever saw in college hockey than that whole building doing the sip chant. There nothing. When they were rocking, <laughs> right. that was the most in like yeah. Minnesotans love to spell, but that's not intimidating. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. I guess the year before I came, the year before I came, they played uh, jump around in, in WCHA or yeah, I think it was might have been the first round of WCHAs and they played jump around in between periods and the, the rink was was like shaking like, like <laughs> the locker room. Yeah. The guys could hear it in the locker room. And so they they weren't allowed to play that song anymore uh, during games just because they were worried about the foundation or so I don't know but it was uh, <laughs> some, some fire hazard or whatever so um, yeah it was a crazy crazy ring though for sure. Oh, it's it's one of the things that I've enjoyed about watching the Misfits as they've kind of grown and, and kind of almost like had a little reset with COVID right I mean Misfits have been great for a long time the one section is standing, but it seems like with COVID, they forgot that only one section stood, right? So now yeah. the whole side is standing. It's great. Which was not, that was like one of the best things about COVID is that all the, like the new kids got there and they didn't know only one section stood, so they saw one <laughs> section standing and then they were like, okay, that's what we do here. That was incredible. I love everything about that. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know yeah. that. that. That's really cool. Well, my so Notre Dame last year was, I guess the first real game, I know you guys played Northern in an exhibition um, before us, but um, I think it was the first real game that 
fans were allowed to fill the rink, right? Am I right with that? That sounds right. I think so. I believe so, yeah. one of the first ones of the year, yeah. And I, and I just thought it was crazy. Like, his first game of the year, you know, it's Notre Dame, like, but, you know, a big non-conference game. And I thought it was awesome. The atmosphere was incredible. And what it was a really good game. You guys might remember with the overtime. And it was really close the whole, the whole way. But um, I thought the fans – and I was actually – normally I was on the bench last year, but um, Andy Slager was gone recruiting. So I was eye in the sky. So I was sitting right behind the Misfits and right next to the pep band. And um, I was like, holy smokes, this is – what a great place <laughs> to play. Um, so it's cool to be kind of on the other side this year and have them right behind me. It's, it's been really, especially this past weekend, really fun. Like I can't, can't imagine being on the ice and playing. It makes me want to play for sure. Um, <laughs> well, the Northern, pretty cool. Northern series are always, those are the, that's the Different peak animal, of, yeah. of fun <laughs> for sure. Right. So kind of to, right. to piggyback that you, you got to experience one of the biggest rivalries as a player with Minnesota, Wisconsin. So, and I love the one thing I love listening to Grant Patolny talk about is how he had no idea how big the Northern Tech rivalry. Like he thought he knew because he played at Minnesota, so he knew Minnesota, North Dakota, and Minnesota, Wisconsin. But but what is what is you've seen four games now between Tech and Northern? What's that rivalry like, and how does it stack up from what you've experienced in college hockey? I think it stacks up with the best of them for sure. I thought uh, you know Wisconsin. The border battle with the Gophers—that's that, big. But they also have like Gophers in North Dakota, like like the like the you know we Wisconsin might not have been the Gophers' biggest rivalry back then. Like, there's no question here who, who <laughs> who's your biggest rival. Um, and so I I knew a little bit. I'd say going in, Michael Lichtai is one of my good close friends. Uh, he lives in Minneapolis near me, and we skate together all the time. And um, and he would tell me about those games. And uh, I know there's been some, you know, scrums, obviously, some fights, obviously, and uh, just the banner with the fans. And like, it's just the, one of the, you know, the, the best college rivalries, uh, you know, without question. Um, and yeah, a lot of history, obviously. And um, but yeah, it, it's definitely fun, especially the way we handle it this year. And, you know, I thought we played maybe our most complete weekend and well, for sure, in a long time, I thought we had you know, five of six good periods. And um, so we were really happy, obviously, driving away uh, Saturday with the, with the sweep, but also just feeling good about how we played and especially in front of our fans. And the, the line, the, there was a line of, and I didn't know they did this after every time you win in, in Northern, <laughs> but there was just a lineup of our fans waiting for the guys after. And, you know, I'm sure they'd stay out there all night if, if the guys took a while. Like, it's just incredible, the support. Um and he really showed this weekend. And I think our guys used that energy and, 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 and played really well. Yeah. I think we started that when, when we swept CC in Colorado and we made the team come to us cause we were not allowed on property anymore. So the team <laughs> had to come give us high fives across the street. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we got kicked out of the building yeah. after winning. Yeah. I know the Misfits really will try to do that every every time they try. Like if they're at a road series and there's a sweep, they'll try to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know yeah. that. that. That's cool. Well, we got a we got a sweep. We got a couple more road series, so let's put that to a theory to a test. <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to hopefully, see that happen this weekend. Hopefully, they travel there. with another official trip soon. Here, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, 
Jordy, we've had a lot of uh, feel-good discussion so far. Let's uh, get to a not-so-fun question. So uh, you are in charge of the power play, correct? <laughs> I'm in charge of one of the one of the units. Me and Tyler work together, yep. Is that the one that okay, has a goal so... in, in 2023 or the one that doesn't? <laughs> I won't say. <laughs> I was about to because I was about to say on the year we've had 106 attempts and we've scored 15 goals, which is good for 14.2 percent, which is uh, uh not excellent. So <laughs> I was wondering uh what ideas uh do you have for uh, mixing it up? Um, you know what 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 uh, suggestions do you have to try to get something clicking there? If there's anything you might be able to share. Yeah, I mean, we always watch and pre-scout the other team's penalty kill. Um, we see what formation they're going to be in, which will tell us what our looks might be. Um, and then we discuss it with the players. Um, and then we try to, you know, mock it in practice. We have a mock PK against who's doing what, you know, Bemidji will do uh, against our power play. Um, and we, we work on power play every day. And it's all about you know, we, we tell them some options that might be open, but we can't give them, you know, give players the answers. They got to make the read in the, in, in the situation. And um, I'd say, yeah, we just haven't, uh, you know, maybe we haven't prepared them well enough in, in certain instances. Um, but, you know, it's also, they got to make, make the read in the moment and, uh, you know, we're close. Like we've gotten some really good chances and, and chances don't, equate to go you know they equate to goals eventually but you can't just be satisfied with getting chances so uh i agree it hasn't been great we're working on it like that slap shot quote um but you know <laughs> we are we're, we're doing everything and we're talking to other coaches and you know we're talking to, talking to my dad always about stuff like that and um we're doing everything we can we know it's a it's a point in in our game that needs to improve especially teams are huge especially in playoffs and tight games um Thank goodness our kill is incredible, um, but our power play needs to be better. We know it, guys know it, um, and all we can do is work on it. Yeah, because it does seem like, uh, like as I'm watching the games the last few weeks, it certainly feels like you're creating the opportunities. You're just for whatever reason you're not finishing them when it's got when you got the man advantage i don't was, like if, I, if, know, if we were able to get augie to give us like expected goals on the power play i'm guessing it's actually pretty good it's just for whatever reason they're not going in something's going wrong at the wrong moment like it's i'm just... gonna ask him that right now actually because i okay. felt the same way this weekend there was only one power play chance that i really didn't like Aside from that, like it was the one at home where it was basically felt like Northern was on the power play. But aside from that, this weekend, I felt really good about how the team looked on the power play. And I would be interested to see what the expected goals on the power play this past weekend would be. Well, I mean, as part of it, as part of it, you can say we've got a team that is, is leading by committee. There's not that one guy being selfish on the power play and taking the chance for himself. Everybody's looking for, you know, the pass to somebody else. And maybe it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't click because of that. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'd say for sure there's times when we're forcing plays when we don't have to, and it could be guys trying to do too much or or not being selfish or, you know, you know, seeing our power play percentage and wanting to, you know, do it all themselves and and and, and try to help the team. And um, but honestly, it's just we, you know, 
we talk about it a lot. We got to work on it. We got to get better at it. Um, uh, it's gonna hurt us if, if if we don't. And so that's why it's a constant point of uh, interest in our in our you know staff meetings in our player meetings, um, and something we work on every day. Well, I'm on a good cop to Matt's bad cop there. He, <laughs> he, he hinted on it a little bit, but our PK is number one in the country. What's why? Uh, why do you think we've been so successful on that? Uh, it's it's fantastic. I don't. I, I I'm more expecting us to get a shorthanded goal than to give one up on the <laughs> when we take a penalty these days. It's a, it's a nice feeling to have. Yeah, our penalty kill is uh, it's incredible. I mean, it starts I think with faceoffs and. We, you know, we go, we run a four man, uh, you know, with our forwards, we have basically four forwards who kill and then Parker hops in uh, every, you know, every once in a while, if someone, you know, is tired or is one of our killers is in the box, but uh, it starts with faceoffs and, and, and Logan and Arvid have done a great job on draws. Um, and then, you know, we don't give them time. Like there's certain places we don't pressure in our zone. Um, but other than that, they're constantly, you know, forced to make plays on, on their power play. And, and if they don't make the right play, we're going to pounce on it and, and get out of the zone. So that's coach Sean's, uh, he, he's a, he's a penalty kill coach. He does an incredible job. Uh, he gets input from the players who are seeing it and, and playing in it. Um, and he uses their import, which, you know, I, I really like. Um, and it's, you know, it's obviously the strength of our, our team right now. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it, there's like that magic number 105, and I think maybe what's our power play percentage, our penalty kill percentage? 88.6. Okay, so we are uh, got to get to 105. We got to increase our our power play then a little bit, but that's what they say. You add those two together, and you're a good specialty teams team. So. Yeah, you're not too not too far off then. <laughs> if that's if that's the coach's uh, the coach's number there, you're you're pretty close. <laughs> That's what they say, but, you know, it only matters, <laughs> you know, in the moment, like in a game. Can you kill that big penalty? Can you, you know, get a goal to, to boost your team when they take a penalty, um, especially in playoffs? So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep working on those things. But they uh, in playoff hockey, when it's a one-goal game, especially teams are, are huge. So, um, yeah, I figured you guys would bring that up. <laughs> so, yeah. The penalty kill has been awesome, but it does seem like we've struggled a bit uh, when the other team's pulling their goalie. I think we've had great nights, but we've also had, what, at least three games where we gave up the extra yep. attacker goal to tie. How, 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 we talked last week about this on the podcast, and, and Dustin made the point that it should be easier because there's less space. So, why do you think Tech has struggled with that this year? With how good the yeah, penalty kill I, has been. Yeah, I agree. Your it, your your percentage should be higher, um, just because it's you know there's less space six on five. I will say there's more traffic at net, and they're just in scramble mode throwing pucks at net, and that's how I mean all, almost all the goals have been just rebound net front, um, second efforts by them. You know we haven't maybe cleared out guys or gotten sticks in time, and um, yeah. I, I can't really explain it. It's uh, we kill similar uh, six on five to five on four, um, but they just happen to you know, and those are big, those are big, those are the biggest moments of the game, and they they happen to have gotten three on us late, uh, which 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 really hurts. But 
Um, yeah, we changed maybe a little bit on it, uh, and we've been working on it. But, um, you know, I'd say puck luck a little bit. You know, I don't think – I think we should be better than we are on, on it. But, uh, yeah, those three instances, they, 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 they hurt for sure. I know we've uh, spent a lot of time playing, you know, at least some guys, you know, like some forwards over 20 minutes a game and some of the defensemen in the, in the mid twenties, do you think that it all plays into it that you're, that some of these guys are relied upon so much over the course of a game and have you, as the season's gone on, are you trying to, you know, get that uh, Nardella line some more time to even things out as they've improved and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we, I mean, we'd love to roll four lines. Um, sometimes you're, I mean, Narge is getting better at face-offs, but sometimes you're not going to put that line out on a D-zone draw, especially late in a period or against one of their top lines. Um, so that's kind of hurt their ice time, I'd say, a little bit. Um, but, you know, 20 minutes really isn't, I would say it's not a ton if you look at NHL numbers and um, for top lines. And, and, and those are, you know, we're a team by committee, but those are our players. Those, those guys have, have done a lot for us this year and they're real responsible defensively. Um, that's why they're all penalty killers. So, you know, that's why they're getting the ice time. They are late in games. All right. Um, I've got a question on recruiting since you're on a recruiting trip right now. So do you cover specific regions or specific leagues or try to get a little bit of everywhere when, when you're recruiting? Yeah, I'd say a little bit of everywhere right now. I mean, me and Tyler have our regions where we're better networked than, you know, one another. So like Tyler's, you know, he's from British Columbia. He's very well connected in BC in the Alberta junior league. Um, Western Canada in general is more of his region, I'd say. Uh, I went to the BCHL Showcase and, you know, connected and in, in, in a building network out there. Um, but he's done a really good job getting tech back into Western Canada. And uh, so we're going to continue to do that. I am pretty well connected in Minnesota with my, you know, my company that I, I, I've had in the past six years and uh, just living and growing up in Minnesota. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's going to help us. It's helped us, you know, so far you know, getting a two recruits this year. Um, and then we want to get more in Manitoba. Uh, my dad did pretty good with, at Western with some Manitoba kids. And, and then, uh, you know, some of those untapped markets, I mean, Finland, you know, there's a lot of Finns coming over now. Tyler's an incredible job in Finland. Um, we're going to stay over there and then getting into Switzerland where I played Germany would be great. Um, Slovakia, some of those Eastern European countries, we'd, we'd love to, uh, you know, get some more European players because it's kind of untapped still. Um, and yeah. it would be for much longer. Um, mm -hmm. So, so I'd say no, like specific regions. Like I'm just going to Minnesota and Tyler's just going to BC. Like we're, we're going everywhere where there's a good player. Um, we're going after everyone, but it does help, you know, obviously having a bigger connection or network in the region you're going to. Yep. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that, you're pushing more for some of these untapped European markets for, for talent because it's it's fun to see some of these guys that 
have come over from Sweden and Finland so far. They're um, some pretty good players that don't seem to get a lot of notice from other NCAA teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I felt it my first, so I played in Switzerland for six years after Wisconsin. And I remember my first training camp in, in Switzerland. I was like, wow, like there's so many good players like in, in Switzerland or, or in, and my buddy was playing in Austria. Like there's just so many good players everywhere. And they, a lot of them want, well, I shouldn't say a lot, um, but there's a good group that want to come and play USHL and play college and try over here before they sign these pro contracts. Um, so I think getting our name out in these countries is, is going to really help us. And, you know, unfortunately I'd say, um, and some we're trying to overcome, but there, there is a little bit of a stigma, I would say, with Michigan Tech and CCHA, with some American, you know, kids who, you know, play for the, you know, Chicago Mission or, you know, some of these top like Shattuck and, you know, these top Minnesota kids, like they hear all these other schools and they don't they might not know us as well um, as these other schools. And and but, you know, Western Canada and uh Europe, like those kids are super, you know, they don't know quite as much and they're super interested in our academics and, you know, seeing our rink and our new locker room and our fans. And um, we always send them, a, you know, a, a video of our crowd. And um, and they're, I'd say they're even more engaging than or engaged in, in the conversations than sometimes you have with these top, top U.S. players, um, if that makes sense. I was, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll ask the Switzerland questions for a little bit here because I'm honestly curious. How did you end up over there? I know your dad coached a bit and played over there too, right? What's the Murray family relation with Switzerland? What's uh, Why did you yeah. guys end up over there? So my uh, my dad played over there when I was, would have been like, or coached over there when I was like two or three. So we lived over there. My first hockey license was uh, through Switzerland, Swiss hockey license. Um, so I wasn't considered an import over there. And in, in those, uh, you guys okay. know, in sure. those, European, yep. those European leagues, uh, you know, back then Switzerland was only allowed four. I think it's six now. But so being a non-import is, is, is huge. Like I wouldn't have played in that league if I if I had to be an import. They were all like ex-NHLers and really good players. So it was something that, uh, you know, I knew at a young age, if I wasn't going to play over here, I'd, I'd go to Switzerland. And my brother was a playing over there and, um. Yeah, I actually, I, the reason I left college a year early is that that license was gonna uh, was gonna expire, so I I had to kind of had to sign. So, um, yeah, I loved it. It was it was a great six years for sure. Yeah, I can I can imagine it's a good place to to play if you're gonna play for a while. It's it's a beautiful country. It's a fun place to visit. Living over there would be would be great. Yeah, it was it was great. I, I got to play in three different parts too, and and very different regions of, of Switzerland. Um, I actually played right next to Rappersville, right next to Zurich. So got, okay, uh, yeah, just the, the south, Swiss right? German. Yep, yeah, yep. that stuff. I I speak German. Swiss German is nearly impossible to understand. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, and then you know Lugano, Italian. So whatever. I mean, it's for such a small country. Uh, there's just it's very culture rich like whatever country they border they kind of take the customs and language of that that 
that bigger country. And, and so there's three national languages. Actually, there's four. I, I forget the, there's like Swiss mountain. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. Ro um, Romanche. Romanche is the fourth. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. And then my last year I played in Langnau, which is a little farming village right next to Bern. actually burns the Derby game. Um, okay. For, for them. So, uh, yeah, got to kind of experience a little bit of everything and, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it for sure. It was a good, uh, good way to go out. Nice. Well, I'm just excited. It makes for you to talk about networking being a huge thing. It's just another pipeline that hopefully can be developed for, you know, hopefully for us at tech for a while or wherever you're at in your future. Right. So it's a, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, do you want to talk about, uh, the upcoming series at all before we let, uh, let Jordan I got go? one more recruiting question. All right. So uh, I had it on good authority that you guys had gotten a recruit recently, but I have not seen it. I hate trying to find these kids on Instagram because it's impossible. Did you get a new recruit? Did they sign? Can you talk about it? I know there's also, I thought I heard there's another kid you're trying to get that, that might happen soon. Maybe it's related to your trip right now, but uh, anything you can tell us, I assume they have to have signed for you to tell us anything, but maybe they have. Yeah, I know. Uh... One of them should be signed hopefully by today. Uh, we got the verbal waiting um, for him to sign and, and he'll post stuff. Um, so that is a done deal. The other kid you're probably talking of, uh, talking about, uh, well, there's, you know, a number of kids we're in talks with right now, but um, one of them we didn't get who we brought in on a visit. Um, and, you know, we were really close and ended up going to a big 10 school, but, those are the type of kids we want to go after. So we were disappointed, but happy we were in it. Um, and yeah, we're going to keep going and getting battles with those schools those, just because those are the best kids. So um, that was unfortunate, but uh, we do have another kid that should be announced the next couple of days for sure. Great. Sounds good. We'll keep an eye out, see if we can find it. Uh, that's always the fun part now that they do that mostly on Instagram. It's not quite as easy to search as Twitter, but we'll figure it right. out. <laughs> it's always fun how the announcements have changed. <laughs> it's almost as big of an event to announce that you've signed as actually signing itself, it feels like some for some of the kids these days. Yeah, that's true. It's, it is a big deal, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about Bemidji. What are your guys' thoughts uh, on the upcoming series? You and Dustin um, are going, right, Tim? Yep. I will be there Saturday night. Oh, just Saturday? Just Saturday. Okay. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Jordy, with Tim and Dustin coming to let you no. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, – I mean, it's going to be a great series. Uh they play real similar style the way we play. Uh, I think coach, I heard coach say it's, you know, it's basically like a inner squad scrimmage when we play Bemidji because <laughs> it's so, so similar. Um, but, uh, and, and we watched them play. They, they played Northern the weekend before. So we've already watched a little bit of them. Um, and then we just got their games from Lake Spear state, um, which we'll watch, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it'll be – and they're right they're right in it with us. Like, these are huge, huge games. I'd say we're a completely – I shouldn't say completely different team, but we're a different team than when we played them at home. Like, I think uh, we were still figuring some things out. We had, you know, a lot of guys who haven't played a ton in, you know, the past 
few years, you know, freshmen still figuring it out. Like, I think we're in a really good spot right now. Um, and I think, uh, I think it's going to be a real good series for us. I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this weekend. I, I like when we're back in central time zone, so I don't have to worry about it being too early of a game. It's, it's always <laughs> right. convenient for me down here. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of surprised the Northern game was was early on Saturday when you guys you, you don't you're not traveling that far. I mean, it's not a it's not yeah. a nothing drive, but I was kind of surprised they didn't keep that at seven o'clock puck drop or whatever. And then I also enjoyed that CHN had it wrong, so. I had to note Discord had to tell me that the game was at six or six local, I guess. So five o'clock for me instead of the six thirty, I think if that was on CHN. But yeah. So beyond anything else, this is a huge weekend for tech because if if you don't if you don't get a win out of one of those games from a pairwise perspective, Bemidji I believe has a really good shot at winning that comparison if they can yeah. do well the rest of the way. I know the I know the last time I looked that the the common opponents was in favor of tech, but that can change so much from week to week depending on who each of you guys are playing and how you do. Right. So it's just a big deal to to not lose the comparison to a team that's clearly going to be below you, which could hurt big time when it comes to the tournament. Yeah. Not that that was anything I thought I would care about when the season started, but <laughs> right. it's pretty nice to actually be worried about that at this point. Yeah, I hope a kid oh, like no. Leighton Rota and Bemidji can uh, stay in the conference, but I hope he has a. Uh, I hope he has a bad weekend. <laughs> the rookie, yeah. Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have won that. Cook should have won that. What'd you say? Had, Sorry, like, I didn't this... hear that. We were just joking about the. The rookie of the week was a Bemidji State player yeah. this week, and he had the same number of points. Right, goal. like it was one and one for him, and so did Kooks. But maybe the Leighton kid had it over, like had a point in each game. I don't know. Whereas Kooks had everything. Yeah, on I don't Friday. know. Hmm. And I don't know yeah, how don't much know. They, those guys let things like Blake got one of the awards. So if it's a tie, we give it to another team, kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, that probably was really close. Playing. That'll be a question for next week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. With Perry, yeah. Uh, Perry, Perry. kind of makes those decisions, so yeah. <laughs> we got a nice run here, I guess, for three weeks. We do. Yeah, we got you today, Jordy, and then Perry Lascaric, who runs CCHA Twitter and, and everything else. And then, nice. Uh, and then uh, after Carnival, we get Suzanne, San Regrets, So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice. I had to reschedule that one a couple times, but that's okay. She's a busy person, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Jordy. I think we'll we'll talk a little bit about what happened on the Joe show and then wrap ourselves up. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. We don't need to awesome. keep you from, well, thanks, guys. some rest. So. No, I made my, yeah. uh, my last hour of my trip fly by, so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. uh, safe travels by. and good luck this weekend. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Yep. yep. Thank, Thank you. you. See you, Jordy. See ya. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. I would like to point out that we have not recapped Northern. Hey, we didn't need to yet. <laughs> I just was, said, I just noticed it, was, it in the rundown. We were not thinking about talking about it. So it, it uh, was good. It was good. I liked it. It's nice. To, <laughs> it's, I, just, I just don't know why none of you guys didn't have you, you didn't have faith like me and didn't pick a sweep. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I wasn't here. I, I can't be held accountable. <laughs> I was too busy staring at the back of my eyelids for the entirety of a day less. I like positive week. Dustin. When positive Dustin. Austin's out. Everyone's having a good time. Well, and the funniest about- part too is it. It didn't. I. I don't like. He got a shutout Friday, but I don't think that was a a Blake Steele by any means. So no, it didn't even go yeah. the way you uh-huh. thought. The way no. I always, or I had a coach that would always say that shutouts are a team statistic, which to a degree I agree with, and I think that this weekend's a pretty good example of that. But there are definitely some shutout performances where the, it's a goalie statistic. There are, but it's also really hard to get a shutout as a goalie if you're not getting help yep like it's really hard to not give up any goals when you're seeing 40 shots and and not getting any help it's just yeah you know northern was a great series um i did not uh like i was i like friday was the was more of a white knuckle one because it took so long to get that second goal right and then it kind of snowballed from there if i remember correctly yep right yeah um, it just took a bit to get it get things started right once it got going then it was all good but yeah. it did uh it was definitely a lot longer than it needed to be for uh for for that second goal like you said uh, did uh you get that feeling that they're gonna come back they're gonna come back they're gonna come back and they didn't so it's all good yeah. in the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure is. And I always say I never like you can ne- for me, I can never really rate off a northern game until I hear the last buzzer. Like no matter what the score is, I never rate it off until that last buzzer, especially for northern games. Yeah. And that's pretty that's pretty much how I felt for both games, even though I pretty I felt like Tech had both games reasonably in control just because of the nature of that game and how emotions get involved. Well, that I that just, third yeah, goal yeah. on Saturday night felt like a backbreaker with you know a minute and a half left in the second period to go up three. Yeah, one. that one really felt yeah. like it kind of took all the steam out of Northern's comeback. Not that two goals is too much, but yeah, the and Northern this is... just hasn't been that good. And uh, it's been interesting to see how much this last weekend really stratified the conference. Um, you basically got three teams now with a chance at the McNaughton. I suppose Bemidji still has a shot, but I think it's pretty low. Um, but it's basically uh, Bemidji, Bowling Green, Tech, and and uh, Minnesota State have the inside track on home ice. Ferris State's got a chance, I guess. Uh, Northern and St. Thomas still have a chance, especially since 
I think Bemidji has a pretty tough schedule left, kind of like us. Yep. Um. So if yeah, they they, 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 know they don't have an, they don't have a bye week at <clears throat> all. They play us, then Ferris, then Mankato, then St. Thomas. That is a ringer to go through, yeah. honestly. And I don't know how much playing St. Thomas will help them at the end of that because this is like we discussed after we lost to St. Thomas for the first time in their D1 history. This is a different St. Thomas team. They're going to grind it out, you know? (laughs) But this is the portion of the podcast where I dunk on Northern fans for leaving the game early on Saturday. (laughs) What was that about? (laughs) And then they, and then what I always, I also found it humorous that they found the time to say tech still sucks while scoring one goal on the weekend and getting swept. You might want to check the scoreboard. You might want to check. The season record, you might want to check the series record. You might want to check the conference standings before you deserve to bust that one out again. <laughs> I will admit I, I enjoyed seeing some of the fans uh, signs from both directions, though. They were uh, they were pretty good this this series yeah. watching on video there. There were a couple of good laughs. The buying northern flags just to put giant crosses through them for NMU I thought was pretty good. I like Didn't somebody put like a mild that, cat on the one of them. Well, it, it was pussy cats on Friday and it was mild cats with okay. tape on. Uh, <laughs> it was taped over and it had instead of the normal, you know, wild cat face. It was it had like, like Mimi, like sad cat. It yeah. was the memeing crying cat. Yeah. So yeah. it was uh, it was, was pretty good. fantastic. I enjoyed that. There were some. And, some I, and I will admit, too. I will admit that I did not. It did not register with me. Or Dave Ellis, what the hell the we got the meat sign was about, and then I immediately got it when it got brought yep. up in Discord that it was about Zamatus. No, it was not. That was that was that was doctored after the fact. What? Oh, it, you had to absorb that sign with the other sign because of the sign because the first sign was just a simple mathematical representation of the male to female ratio at Michigan <laughs> yeah, Tech, there was oh. a and the other sign. one said we've got the meats at Tech, and I was like, all right, that's good, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah they, I, they I, I was just they literally had the actual ratio sign up and had like a circle pie graph with the ratio at tech to make fun of tech. I thought that was fantastic. Okay. Yeah, so that's and, why, and, that's why there was the meat sign. Cause it was about, yeah, how many exactly. Yeah. And, in the sausage and, and we, we had previously, like, I think somebody that was in on that joke, because when we did our misfits presentation, the way that we, what that I did them when I was the president was that everyone else on the board got to make your slide. And then you had to present it on the day of not knowing what was on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, when uh, Zamatis had to go, I I put his face on the Arby's logo and said, "We have Zamites," <laughs> and so there's there's been a ro- long running war with that one. So I'm happy it made its way back around because of that sign. But like like Rob was saying, the sign game was excellent. And honestly, I was just um, I was proud of Northern because the overt use of the F word on apparel and signs was less than usual this time. <laughs> when did the pep band get a name at Northern? It's been, I don't know, they've had like that twisted whisker sign like at least since I was there. Okay. I think it was, so it was probably that. since like 2017. Maybe I just didn't notice that when we were up there, Dustin. Yeah. Um, I don't remember it either. So on the, the Joe Sean hour, anything you want to talk about, Rob? I think my, my it was good Joeism. I like the, as I get older, I, I remember how, how do you actually phrase it? The older I get, the better I was. When he's talking about his college career, yeah, <laughs> that was good. I laughed pretty hard at that. Even Myra laughed at that one when uh, when he said it. 
Yeah, there were a couple points that I wanted to make from the show, but with how I've been feeling today, they all just lost uh, their focus <laughs> in my brain. Um, but I thought it was a good show. I thought he hit on some some good points. I thought he, I thought one of the bigger points that he mentioned was talking about how how much this year has not been. Like he he basically said that if I had willed this team to play the way I want them to basically that we would be terrible because they wouldn't they wouldn't perform and how much how much he's learned I think as a coach over his time as head coach at tech to kind of that he kind of has to take it as it goes with the team and how they want to play uh, to some extent to get the best out of them and I thought that was a really good point he made about how he hasn't like forced his will and style on them maybe as much as he has tried in the past. And I thought that was good. And I'm sure some of that comes from having two young assistants that maybe understand players a little better and can help steer Joe towards the style that they need to be coached these days versus how Joe's maybe done it in the past. And I think that's a great sign of him growing as a coach. Yeah, it's head coach maturity for sure. Yeah. Right? Knowing that you're there to shape things and getting the best out of your players maybe not be may not be having them do the things that you exactly want them to do but what gets the best performance out of them as individuals and as a team as a whole yeah uh, it's been a it's been a incredibly pleasant surprising year i mean like i said i think if we if we do well here in bemidji i'm putting in my vacation rest for the for vacation with i'm taking time off the first weekend of the NCAAs because then you know if they do well this week and I don't think there's any reason to think we're not we're not going to the tournament again I'm probably just going to do that anyway because regardless of tech senate or not I really got to stop pretending I'm going to do work on those days (laughs) (laughs) Matt that's that's how you that's how we work in 2023 here that you just some days you're not all there and that's okay I mean, yeah, but everybody... I, like to, I like to plan ahead for that. Like, if anyone like expects me to like do anything, like even on an emergency basis, I don't want them to rely on me on those days. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, going going back to you know the surprise the, of how good they are this year, and you know, throwing it back to the discussion we just had with Jordy, I I feel he deserves a lot of credit. Like, I think he's just been yeah. super impressive. Um, just talking to him, I mean, he's. He's on top of things. He he really seems like he knows what he's doing for a coach, assistant coach that's in his you know first paid Division One assistant coaching gig. Like, yeah, uh, I think that's looking like just a rock star hire at this point. Yeah, well, I and have... I think the staff as a whole. I mean, Jamie's done wonders with the goaltending. Obviously, Tyler seems to have mm-hmm. really come into his own too. I think the the staff is is a really well-rounded group and and i think i I think you kind of have to i think it's really good for the program that that joe has surrounded himself with such young coaches i think that's really important these days that that joe can lead the bus but but getting the voices the younger voices i think is really important with the with the generational divides that we have these days i think that's really important and i think it's been great mm-hmm. and you're you're talking about what six games left for tech northern and bowling green and they're separated by four points yep i mean that's you know 
Minnesota Tech. State, Michigan Tech, and Bowling Green. That's what I meant. I don't know. Northern's not anywhere close. No. <laughs> which is great news. Like, which is great news. Like, Dustin was saying, I don't think how you can. I personally feel like I like like Rob said, if they sweep Bemidji, it's time to put time off. But if they lose out the season, I still mark the season as a success. Like they've really like yeah, same here. Out, they've outdone like just about anything any of us could hope for. Like I know I don't put a whole lot of uh stock in the national polls because they're not the pairwise and that's not what the tournament gets selected on. But we were number twelve in the poll this week, and according to Cal, that's the highest we've been since March of twenty sixteen. So, I mean, the way this team has just blown expectations away is just nothing sort of astounding for me. It's been a great year to be a fan. And one of the the things that's been interesting this year is to see that Tech is actually getting the recognition in the polls this year, whereas last year yeah. their pairwise was similar to this year, but they, they just never got anywhere in the polls because everybody kind of thought they were breaking the system with all their overtime games that they didn't that that don't hurt them as much in the pair wise. Well, I think uh, winning against a team that's ranked so high like BU puts you BU in with, that yeah. conversation. Yeah. No, I think that helps a lot. But even before beating, that, they beating were one of the blue bloods is huge for that. Yeah, yeah, I will never forget that win sprint for the rest of my life. That was <laughs> when we when we potted those three quick goals, and I had a feeling that there was no coming back from that. I was that was probably my favorite moment from this year, at least so far. Yeah. Um, so pairwise, why? Another thing, you know, going back to a topic we've talked about on previous podcasts. Look what Mankato's done. We were worried that they weren't going to get into position where they could potentially be in at large. They're right behind us. They're in thirteenth. The the well, league has a legitimate twenty twenty three. So that helps uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it does help for sure. But the the league is in. You know, there's a chance now, a pretty decent chance that the league could get two teams or in the three. tournament yeah. or three. Yeah, somebody somebody goes around in the end, we get three in. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that'd be yep. a bit of salting, especially if the Big Ten keeps up with their almost seven, right? You get... But it's, it's also possible <laughs> that uh, Tecker Mankato gets bumped by whoever wins the conference if it's a third team because they'll probably mm-hmm. be close to that line, especially. Yeah, yep. I could see that. Yeah. Yep. So, We'll see what happens, but but it's a lot brighter picture than there was about a month and a half ago when it looked like Tech was borderline to get in as an at large, and no one else was close. Yep, it's 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 great for the league. Uh, you know, ho- we're still hoping that somebody other than Minnesota State can win to show that it isn't Minnesota State and everybody else, which I think is also an important thing. And it'd be really nice if somebody other than Minnesota State can go win a game in the tournament, and hopefully that's Michigan Tech this year, because I think that's a big thing, too, to show yeah, that, that the league is deeper. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do agree. I agree with that. That would be good, but I mean, Bemidji's won some games in a tournament. Um, It's yep. not like, man, Cato's the only team that's won games in a tournament. No, that's true. It's just far and few between, I think, and it'd be good for the league to to overtime here to have more than just Minnesota State winning and and obviously Minnesota State struggled for a long time too. Um I think you know the other thing that I really like about this team hopefully making the tournament is it starts setting that expectation that they can do that and then you've got more experience 
that these guys have been there before. Like the mm-hmm. other the, one of the other right. problems that Tech has had is most of the other teams that made the tournament, other than like the what was it, the back to back uh tournament champions, is nobody really got that that opportunity to feel like they belonged or realize they should like everybody at that game last year knew that they could win, but it felt like I know Joe talked about it a little bit, maybe to me, or I don't know if he said it at the press conference, but they, there's definitely a sense before that game that for whatever reason, some of the guys didn't really think they belonged on the ice with Minnesota Duluth. And that kind of set them up to fail with, with the way the game started. Um, and it makes it hard to to get out of that mindset fast enough to not pay the price of starting with that belief. And I think the team has done, mm-hmm. I think getting back to a tournament in a year like this where you weren't really expected to is a good way to start setting that expectation. And then I, I love that Joe has taken it to heart to try and play in as many regular season tournaments as he can because of how valuable that, that mindset is when when you play BU and it's only about winning this tournament right now and it's not really about an individual game it's about winning a tournament and getting that the team into that mindset so they're a little more prepared for those games that happen outside the CCHA yeah i think that's a really fantastic perspective that i haven't really thought about because if if the guys can win those tournaments get that uh, kind of momentum behind them and then also look at the standings and know that they're in the thick of it in the national conversation and really feel like hey we belong before we even get there they don't feel like they skidded their way in like the media kind of like made it out to be last year i think that's huge for the confidence boost and i also think you know the better we do the better that is for recruiting because i feel like jordy can go on the road and say hey this is what we were able to do with a group that we didn't have much expectation for imagine what we could do if we add your talents to the team kind of a deal Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's simple. You you win, you get in a tournament, you and it, it everything gets better. <laughs> it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah. to it's a lot easier to recruit for for many many reasons if if you're getting in a tournament and if you're winning games and you're regularly in the national picture. It, if if you if you get to become a team like that, you're over the hump. And once you're over the hump, anything can happen. Yep. Being good at hockey helps you attract hockey players. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. One minute remaining in the podcast. Anything else, guys, or can we wrap it up? Nope. I'm I'm good. That was a good one. All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. We also have a Discord chat. Uh, You can get the invite to that by going to techhockeyguide.com slash Discord. Um, We've got a bunch of different levels on Patreon, so if you want to help support the podcast, we take $2 all the way up to, I think it's $50 a month to help support the podcast. Each of those Levels comes with something else. Um, follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or our Patreon page. It was really nice to get a bunch of questions this week. Hopefully, we can keep that up. 
Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental and Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRazin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha